0: Check, check, check. We don't have to clap. We don't have to clap. And I was just thinking, I don't have to say uh, I'm recording, and then be nervous the whole time whether or not I recorded because that is a thing when we do it virtually. Yeah, and I've got your levels, and you have my levels. You don't have to worry about. Being I don't have to worry man. about that. Yeah, yeah, which I'm never a clipsman because you know I have that that auto clip. What is it called? Limiter. The limiter. I have the limiter. Is it specifically because you taught me how to put it on? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a fantastic little tool. It is a fantastic little audio. tool. Yeah, but I can't spike myself for you.
1: And mine is essentially limitless, like Bradley Cooper.
0: Oh, your little pill. Yeah. yeah. Imagine uh, if you could use the full capacity of your brain. That was Morgan Freeman.
1: <laughs> was he in Limitless?
0: Yeah. Who's the guy that does the voiceovers. In Wasn't Limit- Morgan Freeman in Limitless? No. Are you sure? De Niro plays the villain. De Niro's in Limitless? Yeah. With Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Bradley Cooper is a fully natural man, so he doesn't shower or anything. Is that true? I hear he's stinky. I can't believe that's true. That's that's the truth. People complain that they don't like to kiss Bradley Cooper because he smells bad. And when I watch his movies, he's always sweaty. He's always sweating. Pay attention to the sweat. Interesting. <laughs> Pay attention to the sweat of the Koopsman. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is all news to me. From I just, like 2006 like onward. Man. I don't know. Did you see that movie where he's the singer? No. What was that one called? Uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, yeah. And Lady Gaga, (laughs) which is a great documentary. Uh, (laughs) Five foot something. He is so dirty looking. Looks like he's going through the dirty man. And he's always touching people in that movie, too. I mean, that's just one that if you watch during
1: COVID, you're going to have a heart attack. See, now, I wanted to push record because what we were talking about right before this. Yeah. Yeah. This is right in line with that of I assume Bradley Cooper was a clean cut, well-groomed, well, like high hygiene. Yeah. Individual. But. It's one of those things where we're talking about our our grandparents. Yeah. And and how our, our grandmothers were obsessed with trying to look good. Always. And at a point. No hate intended, but you look how you look. Yeah. You can you can dial yourself up a little bit, but you're not gonna you're not gonna do miracles. No one can. No one can. Yeah. What always surprises me is that like I'm gonna look in the mirror. I'm gonna check my hair before I go out. You're the same way. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. That is the same for I would say almost everyone. Yeah. And there's times when I f- catch myself judging people, which I should not do. But I look at somebody who I I, I feel like is unkempt to an extent. Or, or like, their hair is just wild. I get those looks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I do as well with my goofy hats and, and strange choices of clothing. Like, I, I get that. I think you're a good dresser.
0: I'm just going to put it out there. But I, I think fe- you always look good. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like so often I forget that everyone's trying to look pretty good. And there's, there's people who I see out and it's like, what are you do? Like, that's how you... But they looked in the mirror and they were like, you know what? This yeah. is working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely
0: (laughs) this is me today baby yeah yeah that's true sometimes as a bumsman as someone who does from time to time dress like a bum as john morgan uh some st louis filmmaker will tell you as a man who wouldn't hire me because i look like a bum Mm -hmm. sometimes when i look like a bum i put on my dirty you know jacket it's not dirty i am a clean freak i do want to make sure that everything is washed and it smells good. You want clean dirt. I want clean dirt. Exactly. That's one hundred percent what it is. I'm I want to somewhat look like a man, but I also have the the softer side of me. Okay. I, well, I Like want San it Dimas, to...
1: California. Even the dirt is clean.
0: Yes. Thank you. Okay. You get it. And then I'll put on my jacket. It's got some, you know, tears in it. The pocket's kind of ripped off. But I look at it. I'm just like, yeah, all right. Like, I look pretty homeless, baby. And you feel good about it. You feel good about the homeless look. Put the beanie on. It's like I got the dirty man thing going. All
1: right. I'm sure he's not the first person to have said this, but I'm going to credit him because this is who I'm pulling it from. But Jeffrey the dumbass. Yeah. Of of whom. Jake and Amir. shared. Yeah. Jake and Amir. uh, Canon. Yeah. He's in their universe. Um, He was saying on a podcast that style is always one place where you should go one step out of your comfort zone. Okay. And so, if you can wear a jacket, it's a little more noisy than maybe you feel comfortable with. Yeah. A, there's no negative consequences. Okay. Like it's not like like if if like you wear you've got a coat with some fur on it. I've got many coats with fur. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing where no one's like, "Oh my God, David, where did like?" Yeah. It's just a little bit of like, it's enough. That we look at you and, and, and anyone else that's taken this one little step beyond comfort and be like, they got it going on. <laughs> and, they, and they got some confidence. Yeah. This is exciting. This is neat. Yeah. And that's that's something I have to remind myself of. Like sometimes I put on a hat and I'm like, you know, this is too much. And I have to be like, you know what? No. I'm gonna push. Take it that one step. I'm gonna push a little bit. And so uh, it does wonders for your confidence. And and there's no again. You dress like that, and I, 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 dress up, and where do I go? I go for a walk with my son outside. Yeah. There's no, I'm not getting kicked out of. a... I mean, we can't go into bars, but it's not like you know I'm getting kicked out of anywhere. I'm not dressed well. Like, it's just for me. It's just a little something for me. And if you see me, I like this. The little, uh, little swagger on the step. Yeah. It's yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying Ooh. to push. I'm trying to push. There he just goes. A bit. There
0: he goes. Yeah. A little. The hips are swinging. The shoulders are just kind of bobbing mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. There mm-hmm. it is. The heads just. Almost like a bobblehead. And I'm just like, Sean, you got to chill out with that head. Uh, heads, <laughs>
1: that head hurts about it. I don't think
0: that you have a spine. I don't know how your head's working that way.
1: But it's, <laughs> a, it's a part of my story. It's a good story. I want, I want people to see me story. and think, that guy's got a story.
0: That guy is made out of flubber. All right. I'm That's... flubber, you're glue. <laughs> Terrible. Speaking of fur, I just realized when you said that of, well, you have a jacket of fur. And then I started counting my jackets, realizing all of them had fur. Then I started thinking about my boots. I just got boots that have fur on them. Do you have apple bottom jeans? I do not have apple bottom jeans. Precisely because I don't know what that means. I have jeans. But how do I know if they're, I think the apple bottom is I what's attached
1: you, to me. I think if you put an apple in the back pocket, they if become the apple bottom jeans. Yeah. All right, so I got to start walking around it's with rotten fruit.
0: Thing. People yeah. see the fruit flies around me, and they're like,
1: "Apple bottom jeans." Well, you jeans. change the fruits. Don't go full Bradley Cooper on it. You got to change I gotta the fruits.
0: Consistently change the fruits. This Every is couple get of days,
1: an apple will last a little while. No, it won't. Apples last weeks.
0: Yeah, but I just have to buy one they at a time.
1: Apples, what every fall? Yeah, and you can get them all year.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. It's not like a pumpkin. Isn't that crazy? About pumpkins or apples?
1: Apples. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Luca Luca eats blueberries <laughs> all winter. Yeah, blueberries don't grow in the winter. Where are these yeah. blueberries coming from, man? Monsanto, Chile, Chile. <laughs> Most of them are grown in Chile. Are uh, they the, really? The ones that we've been getting, yeah. How do you know where you're getting them from? They say product of Chile. They
0: do. They say Chile on them. It's a product of Chile. Chile, and you <laughs> trust it though, because I could get something and write product of Chile on it and say, "Hey, here you go, Sean," and then you're going to look at it, think it's from Chile, but it's really from me. I grew it in my backyard with the help of Brett Hoy. He's a grower. Was,
1: was it warm or was it cold? Both. It was cold, but I had heat lamps. So would you say it was just a little bit? It's a little Chile. chile. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it feels good. So we this are This is s- easier by the way. This oh, is yeah. way easier for me. We you. are sitting about 12 feet apart. Yeah.
0: So there's still that delay just a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are we are in person. We're spread out. This is I think the first time in months we did one of these uh at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I think be- maybe the yeah, season premiere one. of four. yeah. Yeah. Four and here we are gonna try to crank out all of the comparisons. Which means that compared to any other comparison it's just inception, comparison inception. Yeah. Compared to the other comparisons, we are we we read this whole thing before we've touched any of the episodes. Like normally we like before we were taking turns with the original book, you'd read a few chapters, I'd read a few. Um and then we both had the PDFs of the last one, but we still like broke it into chunks. We both cranked through this book really Today, yeah, <laughs> this <laughs> a morning, bit last night, and today. But we've absorbed the whole thing, and now we can approach it. I think a little differently than we've done. Which I'm actually really excited about. So you got my text. I did, yeah. So the structure will actually
0: work for for once. It'll be so, tight, and you hit upon the things that I'm
1: excited about. So because I it's think it's ridiculous without revealing what the other two episodes will be about. Yeah, the first episode. I think we should just compare the overall story. And and I would say, not the supporting characters, but the main. Because there, there's a supporting character. Well, th- there's Gertrude. Yeah, there's Gertrude. And we got to spend some time on Gertrude. We definitely. Have to but spend I some say time not, on Gertrude. not yet. Let's, yeah. this, this first episode, I want to talk about what they added and removed from the the beats yeah. of the story because they took out a lot of good stuff. Oh yeah. And what they added once again is just. <laughs> astonishing of somebody read that book and they were like, you know this needs <laughs> this needs Yokohama transistor radios. That is
0: the one that got me was the radios. I just could not believe what and one is. book. You have boats costumes another. and all these other crazy things, radios. I mean who is rewriting these? Like, someone's got a vivid imagination. They're just finding, like, someone on the street. They're like, hey, that guy looks like a crack addict. Bring him in and let him start writing some chapters.
1: Now, what I wonder is, because y- you read the biography of David Leslie McFarlane. Leslie The David majority McFarlane. of it, yeah. Yeah. I need to finish it. So, he was given an outline by Stratemeyer Syndicate. Correct. And then he put meat on those bones. Oh, yeah. He meated them up. Then when they were rewritten, someone else did an outline and then someone else rewrote based on that outline oh and so i'm wondering was the outline for this rewrite like did someone in the the syndicate were they like oh hey uh, and add in something about transistor radios yeah did it come at that level or was the author responsible for like oh man i just got my new transistor radio i love it <laughs> they said stolen goods Need to be added here. I'm gonna make this stolen good. <laughs> I'm gonna make it a radio. Yokohama radios. Yeah. Just a quick shout out. Maybe this person,
0: because I'm sure it's a freelance job, right? They're just coming in. They're fixing up a book. It's like, hon, I just got a new job. Oh my goodness, I get to work on it for a week. I think his side job was a door-to-door Yokohama salesman.
1: So you you got He's that doubling double down dip, on double profits? Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So what he does is he double slips the dots. book in to people's mailbox, and he comes back two weeks later. Because you're not going to not read that book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he shows up, and everyone's like, "Oh my goodness! I was just reading about these radios. I mean, they're so hot.
1: People are stealing them
0: and selling them. It's a hot commodity.
1: And that's a good business plan." The the amount of time. So, I, I will say first off, this book is called The Missing Chums. Yeah. We're reading book four, and so we've read the original now, and similarities. Chums go missing. Chums definitely go missing. Biff and Chet get kidnapped. Correct. Both versions of the story. Yep. Uh, another similarity: there seem to be bank robbers that yeah. that are behind the kidnapping. Yeah. But in Chicago. In Chicago, instead of California, or what? Like yeah, there, there was some minor change. And the like bank that. robbery: there's nothing that happens in Bayport. It's all in a different area. Yeah, they're like planning and getting ready potentially. Um maybe something is on the East Coast, but as it stands, there was no actual bank robbery in like the Hardy Boys did not witness a bank robbery and yeah. see guys in masks. There were no masks whatsoever. Mr. Yeah, French. No face, facial thinning, no, no costumes, or, no anything. Yeah, no yeah.
0: Mr. French. No double knock means this. Signal three. Single three. Yeah. yeah none th- of that. None of that. Yeah. That was
1: all added in. What happened in this original book was the boys are are out on a boat ride.
0: Yeah, they're gonna do this big boat trip. Jerry's got a boat, right? It's uh, Biff's got a boat. It's Biff, that's right. Biff's got his boat. Biff's got the, the his envoy. boat. What is it called again? The Envoy. The Envoy. Yeah, that's not how I was saying it in my head. What I was, was calling you? it like the NVO. <laughs>
1: that's fine. That's a that's a better name. It is a way better
0: name. Yeah, I think it's a TV brand. And then Prito has his boat, the, the Napoli. Yeah. And then the Hardys, of course, have the Sleuth. And yeah, they're getting ready. They're gearing up to do this sweet boat trip, but yeah. So in the beginning, Gracioso shows up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the the boat that Tony's obtained, his, his envoy, he's not a skilled boatsman. No. And so he goes out with the Hardy boys to like get some pointers. And so the same sort of thing happens that happens in the rewrite of their this it's not the black cat. It's just a motorboat. Yeah. Full of three bad looking guys starts barreling down on these guys. Yeah. And they are just mean mugging. And it forces them to like swerve between sailboats and almost have an accident. Yeah. Uh, This high octane thing. Biff's driving and Frank ends up taking the wheel. Yeah, because Biff's a novice behind the wheel, and to weave through these sailboats—that's some hard driving. And like, there's a point. It's like, man, these sailboats are 100 yards ahead. And as a boatsman, yes. And I was on a boat last week. Look at you! Yeah, I, I knew you were going to have a boat perspective for uh, me. I was on a boat last week. A BP. Now boats, the biggest the biggest physical threat to boats in motion is friction and displacement. Okay. Yeah. To push a boat through the water takes some force. Yeah. So you can't just swim these things up to plane, you know? You <laughs> I gotta, don't know gotta about
0: gotta, that. I read about the Hardy Boys swimming a boat. Yeah, but they not up on plane. Swimming. They got this engine.
1: Yeah, true. that engine You're has to work right. hard. Yeah. If that engine stops working hard, that's a lot of water that's pushing this boat back to a stop. Yeah. So there's a moment toward the end of this high octane, we're about to hit sailboats. Where it's like they were only a hundred yards away. And I'm like, Yes, yeah, stop. <laughs> if you if you cut the the throttle, yeah, the boat will stop in less than one hundred yards. I promise <laughs> you you'll be fine. And this is at the end of the chase. Yeah. At any point, like the whole time is, oh my god, there's sailboats up there. A you're on the ocean. You can turn in any direction except for the one where this bad boat is forcing you. This is true. Or you could stop. <laughs> You could stop, and this isn't like the highway. There's not a pileup of boats. You're not brake-checking You're not going to
0: blow up if you hit the brakes. Yeah, yeah. just
1: stop, <laughs> and you don't have to glide between sailboats and almost capsize people. Frustrating. Yeah, I can see how that was frustrating for and, you. And for Frank to be like, oh, look out, I'll take over, and then to swerve between the boats. I feel like a skilled boatsman would have been like, I'll take over. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Crisis averted. (laughs) We're fine now.
0: The question is, though, you're approaching this from a logical man. These are dim-witted 15- and 16-year-old kids. Yeah, these are children. Now, if you were a child... And I am not. And you're not. But if you could put yourself in that perspective, think of
1: Sean at 15.
0: What would 15-year-old Sean do? Is he stopping this boat?
1: I was... 16 or 17 i think i told this story before on the podcast but i was cruising at night in the boat and was looking for a dock and couldn't see anything couldn't find anything i knew roughly where we were um and then my buddy jim in the boat turned on a flashlight and we were actually this is a great point we were about 50 feet from shore like we were about to die and instead, I, I throttled down and turned a little. <laughs> and no one died. We didn't collide with the shore at high speed. Um, that answers the question, though. But it was a poor choice. It was a poor choice, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, boat I chase I forgot is the that saying. was a thing now. Yeah. That's a thing mm-hmm. now. We just started mm-hmm. it. Mm
0: hmm. That was on the last one.
1: And feel free to start another bit.
0: I have love bits. So many bits. I'm a bitsman. You know what? I'm just looking at this front image for the first time. He crawled on his hands and knees on the first page of the Missing Chums.
1: Let me pull up. We're we're rocking digitals here.
0: Not at all what I was expecting to see.
1: Yeah, they're dressed to the nines, too.
0: Yeah, they have those uh what are those caps called? Riders caps? Riders caps. Is that what it is? I'm not sure.
1: They're dressed up. But they look fantastic. Yeah, they're in suits.
0: The they have slacks on. They have good shoes. And then the bad guys have like fedoras. That tells you a lot. These guys have the Newsies caps.
1: Yeah, that's what they're called.
0: Oh, we also, by the way, had some uh, some pirate singing.
1: Yeah, I highlighted that. Yeah, Yoko I knew you liked that. and a bottle of ink and he nearly fell into the drink. Which has a callback,
0: which I enjoyed, right? Someone says it, so Chet says that at one point, and then someone uses it against Chet to make fun of him.
1: That's true. Yeah, there's this whole, so as we get to know the boys in the beginning, um, there's also, so they're making fun of Chet, because then he falls and his pants are wet. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah. And uh, he's got mud and, I guess, like the whatever's in the bottom of the boat. Uh, and he says, another pair of pants ready for the cleaners. I ought to wear overalls when I go boating. <laughs> he grinned as he said it, for Chet Morton was the soul of good nature, and it took a great deal more than a smear of grease to erase his ready smile. Oh, I love that. That's so much better than being like, Chet
0: was the fat one. <laughs> yeah. Chet's pants are always wet Because he can't read applesauce in the pockets Because he's
1: got two cookies in each pocket (laughs) Fatty fatty, Big moist
0: chocolate filled ones So it always looked like he pooed himself
1: Crisco in the pocket
0: Ew That's such a gross image You know how like doctors carry pens In their front pockets Mm -hmm. Or any businessman does I imagine Chet just has his Lard just it's like
1: scoopfuls of lard, and he just shoves his pen into the lard. I think it's always sunny where Frank has sausages in his chest pocket <laughs> that he keeps bending down to eat.
0: I think it is.
1: On on the soul of good oh, nature Lord. himself, uh, Chet. One of the things they took out of the rewrite was what has become pretty commonplace. We had Lem Billers in the first book, laziest man in, seven in nine counties. counties. Nine, yeah. yeah, okay. But there's a whole chapter of just Chet pranking him. Okay.
0: We got to talk about these pranks.
1: That's what I'm saying. Because these are
0: violent. Oh, yeah. This book. Whoa. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's moments where I had to stop and go, is this not a children's book? What is going on? So, I know we, we didn't want to reveal it. I want to save episode three to just talk about some of the violence and how it's handled, the difference yeah. between what came and went. There's um, a lot in this. But I think this prank is a notable part of the story. I agree. Where So, in the first book, we had Lem Billers. Second book was... I think it was the cayenne pepper on the apple. Apple full of cayenne pepper. Yeah. Third book chaw on the beef chaw on the beef baby Chet tied up all the stuff and then they and then they threw his boots into like a a, bullpen yeah a (laughs) a pen with a bowl in it with brambles all over the ground and he was red yeah yeah and uh and then now in book four chet's got another little prank yeah but yeah
0: that backfires lovely uh, well it doesn't backfire but there's some good retaliation that's pretty intense
1: yeah I think a sign of the times though the other thing that we have here um some character differences Fenton Hardy is looking for this bank robber and we know that beforehand in the, in the uh in the rewrite we yeah. don't know what Casey's working on Yeah. We get a name too. Oh, we get a name. Yeah. And why they get rid of this name I don't know. Same <laughs> with same with what was uh they Fanny Snackley Ganny Snackley. Oh, Ganny Snackley. They That's changed right. to Felix Snatman.
0: Yeah. Oh, Ganny Snackley is a name. Ganny man. Snackley.
1: You <laughs> <know> <laughs> it.
0: Dude, I just—it feels good saying that. So
1: we've got Ganny Snackley in in book two, book four, we've got Baldy Turk, Baldy Turk. <laughs> so Fenton's trying to track down Baldy Turk, who's like the uh, <laughs> ringleader for these bank robbers. Yeah. Uh, And he's in Chicago. So uh, why do you think he's in Chicago? Because another member of his gang went to Chicago just a week ago. So I imagine Baldy Turk was to meet him there. In any case, Chicago is a thieves paradise. So it seems logical that Baldy Turk would make for there. I just loved that. Let's just <laughs> write off Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, Illinois in the 1920 Thieves Paradise. Which,
0: I'm curious. Is this because of Lake Capone and everything during the Prohibition? Oh, Probably. Yeah.
1: because Well, I mean, there was
0: Atlantic City, too, which I would say hit it even harder. But Chicago had some, some somewhat shadier mobsters yeah. at the time, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which uh, I believe most of which were of and Italian novels. descent. Tons of them and what brothels I, i'm less aware of that yeah there's a
0: great book on it it's uh about the two sisters that have a, a brothel in chicago
1: you sure it's not brother two yeah they have two brothers have brother in chicago, in chicago. <laughs> so many brothers
0: this is my two sisters with the two brothers in chicago that's it's my chicago good. voice it's i don't good. know it's good
1: no it, it is good and that's part of our accent did it workshop. sound like chicago
0: yeah. what is chicago no i guess it's like they bears not Chicago. Now I got it. I don't know what this is. What is that? Is that whatever it is is good? I do like it.
1: Is a, a good. Is a
0: good. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. Now look at my pockets. What do you see? It's shiny. It's it's flubbery, It's,
1: it's large. large. <laughs> <laughs> we can also say things in perfect sync now. We can. Yeah. We we mastered normally, that. Not normally. Not normally in our in our go to of tools.
0: So. It's a, just a small offshoot class. It's a tack on, but we do teach a class in uh, telepathy.
1: Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. I had no idea you were going to say that.
0: Yeah, and I just made you think that.
1: Hmm? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the other little thing, and I'm going to save this for next episode. I'm, I'm going to save Mrs. Hardy and Fenton Hardy the relationship okay. with his sons because there's so much
0: not just the sons but the goodbyes the farewells from fenton is a big one that i want to discuss
1: i want to give that room to breathe let's, yeah, let's skip it, it for it now it is
0: just my the first time it happened i was like oh this is harsh then the second time it happened i was like whoa
1: okay this one's really harsh maybe the first one wasn't that bad
0: and it just keeps getting worse Yep.
1: Yeah. uh so they have this boat chase and the guys in the boat are looking at biff and chet no, oh, and yeah. the Hardys are like, man, they're really staring down Biff and Chet. Turns out, they uh, kidnap Biff and Chet, thinking that Biff and Chet are the Hardys. Frank Boys. and Joe. Yeah. Yep. So that's consistent. But instead of being from a gorilla costume <laughs> order and a magician costume, it's because they went on this boat ride and they just. Because Biff was driving and not Frank, because yeah. Frank was helping Biff learn, they were like, well, Frank's going to be driving. Yeah, you know Frank's going to you know drive. You know Hardy Boy's going to be driving. Yeah, and he's so not going to let his friends drive. Biff behind the wheel. Yeah. Um, but they also go to Chet's house, and see uh, little, as they're getting ready to leave, and they see these three guys sitting in a car outside, Yeah, which we realize later is them scoping out to get ready to kidnap him.
0: We also have a pretty good Iola Morton scene. With Joe? With Joe, Let's yeah. Let's it. Yeah, let's we'll say that's it. some we'll relationship stuff. Okay, you're right. That is some
1: relationship stuff. So we're gonna go story beats, relationships, violence. violence. Okay, that's, easy. That's the trilogy here. Easy, easy. Oh, guess
0: who comes back? Who comes back? Slim Robinson. Oh, Perry. Uh, old Perry. Yeah. Old Perry's back. Old Perry's, Perry's back. Slim. I, I got a little bit of a
1: smile from that. I was like, I haven't seen you know my boy Slim in a while. I get confused with the rewrites and the originals. Because, like, he quit school to be a grocery manager. Yeah. I think that was in the rewrite. That was in the rewrite. Yeah. But I don't remember if in the original something else happens where, like, so now in this original book four, was Slim ever established as leaving high school to become a grocery manager or did he go back to so i don't know oh. where slim's storyline has gone to this point where his arc is yeah interesting point because yeah. everyone else is like yeah we can go and like it's summer we're off school but it's not written in of like and slim asked his regional manager <laughs> if he could have two days of pto to be able to go <laughs> oh poor slim still living in the italian district oh oh um, but so they're going to have a send-off. Um, and so the uh, the boys are, are getting together. And they're like, you know what? We're hanging out at the gym. And Chet's sitting there having a good time. And he starts seeing... He starts seeing... Who is it? I believe is it's it, Jerry, right? Is it Jerry? Yeah,
0: I think Jerry or... Someone is working, like, the bars...
1: It's in Chapter 3, isn't it? I was trying to find it it's here. It's in
0: Quick Thinking.
1: Oh, okay, Chapter 2. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Jerry's, uh, he goes, can you do a cat's cradle? Skin the cat. Yeah, that's
0: it. Do you know what a skin the cat is? Well, Sean, as every boy knows, <laughs> skinning the cat <laughs> is an aerobatic feat that does not necessarily embrace cruelty
1: to animals. no. I still don't even know what skinning the cat is. So skinning the cat is when you're you're holding onto a bar. Yeah. You're hanging from a bar, and you lift your feet and put them th- between your arms. Okay. Did you look this up or did you know? Were you one of the boys that knew? David, I have trophies for gymnastics. No, you don't. I was. A, I'm an award-winning gymnast. I was a gymnast. Where'd you do gymnastics?
0: I don't know. My mom just took me to some place after school.
1: Scott's gymnastics. Did they Hawaii? have
0: a? a- big old pit of foam that you got to do flips off of like a diving board into yeah and then they like monitored your trampoline time it's like you get five minutes on the trampoline i'm like i want 10
1: oh no i i don't i don't know about that i did legit competitive gymnastics oh
0: no i didn't do that mine was just this kid's got too much energy get him out of the house
1: oh no i went to my parents wouldn't
0: sign me up for karate like i asked
1: i went to regionals i'm that guy
0: are there pictures probably why don't I have them Framed on uh,
1: my mantle I, I have a trophy somewhere too I want to see Several this Several trophies
0: Oh my god gymnast, At my what friend. age
1: uh, I quit in 5th grade Okay You went pretty long I, s- I switched schools And everyone made fun of me For being a gymnast So I did the right thing And I quit
0: <laughs> Do you ever think What would happen If you just would have s-
1: Did one more day All the time <laughs> Every day I think about that Yeah <laughs> Uh but the build. Skin skin the cat, you're hanging by your arms and then you lift your feet and like do a backflip but without like if you let go, you would do a backflip. Does that make sense? Uh huh. I used to do that on the playground. Yeah. Very common. Every boy knows this move. Yeah. And so when you go through, your your hindquarters are exposed. So you're hanging by your arms and you've you've gone through so your butt is just sort of (laughs) there. And this is a prank, a good prank, um, where, uh, let's see, every boy knows skinning the Cat, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, Jerry, Jerry Gilroy was not unjustly proud of his prowess on the trapeze, and Chet Morton's doubt of his ability to perform one of the simplest stuts in his repertoire made him resolve to skin the cat as slowly and elaborately as lay within his power. He grasped the trapeze bar with both hands, then swung forward, raising his feet to the floor from the floor, bending his knees. Chet edged forward, presumably, to get a better view of the proceedings, but at the same time, he tightened his grip on a long, flat stick that he had found by the window ledge. Uh-oh. Jerry slowly doubled up until his feet were above his head, immediately below the bar and then commenced the second stage of the elaborate back somersault, coming down slowly toward the floor. At this juncture, the rear of his trousers was presented as a tempting mark for the waiting Chet. This was the stage of the feat for which the Joker had been waiting, and he raised the flat stick, bringing it down with a resounding smack (laughs) on his human target. (laughs) There was a yelp of pain from Jerry and a roar of laughter from Chet. Doubled up on the bar as he was, Jerry could not immediately regain the floor, and Chet managed to belabor him twice more before the unfortunate acrobat finally found his footing, and there he stood, bewildered, rubbing th- <laughs> So we're recording outside, <laughs> and this is the day that someone is practicing their drum solo on a bucket. <laughs> is that what... <laughs> that's, I have to assume that's what I that thought is. your neighbor had a Tommy gun. It could be that. <laughs> uh, so there, uh, there he stood, <laughs> bewildered, rubbing the seat of his trousers with a rueful expression on his face, while Chet leaned against the wall, helpless with laughter. This is a prank. Yeah. This is what is being referred to as a prank. Yeah. I'll Let me summarize. I read that slowly, but... He made Jerry turn upside down and then struck him. Yeah, he beat him with a stick. He assaulted him yeah. with a stick.
0: While the boy is upside down, if he fell, he'd it's land prank, on his head. It's a prank, bro.
1: Relax, bro. It's a prank. <laughs> I know I'm just hurting you. He put a few
0: nails in the stick, too. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah, little it took tacks. Some, took some meat
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> it's another pair of pants for the cleaners, eh? <laughs> Should have worn overalls at oh, the gymnasium. Chat,
0: it's okay here. Gets his pocket lard and just
1: fills up the wounds. That'll stab it. The whole, like Rocket Man with the gum. Oh, very nice. Uh, and then
0: after that, I'm pretty sure the boys
1: take revenge, right? Yeah, so they come up with Jerry this does. other clever prank. They're like, you know, all he did was wait for Jerry to be upside down, and then he hit him. That's not a prank. I'll show you what a prank is. Yeah. So Chet goes back to the window, (laughs) and as he's sitting there, Jerry comes up behind him and then closes the window on his neck. (laughs) And understand, this isn't your modern window. This is a heavy barn converted to a gymnasium. (laughs) A hefty window with a piece of soda glass in it. Just crunches down compressing chet's <laughs> spine and trapping him and while trapped jerry just starts beating him just starts the, in the dialogue it, does, it just him. says smack 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 like he sugar smacks he was pinned down by the window and he could not see jerry picking up the flat piece of board that had previously been the instrument of torture a few minutes previously Oh, I I read that wrong. Uh, but a suspicion of the truth came to him, and a roar of laughter from the other boys warned him that vengeance was due. <laughs> Next sentence. It came. <laughs> the vengeance. It came smack. That was
0: my favorite line in this whole book. <laughs>
1: Vengeance was due. It, it came.
0: came. Smack. Jack wriggled smack. and squirmed, but he was pinned helplessly by the weight of the window against his shoulders, and he presented a more tempting target for Jerry's ministrations. Ministrations, there's a dong there, with the flat stick and a more stationary target as well than Jerry had presented for him. Or yeah, and then more yeah. into this Max again, but yeah. He this is just some of the most him.
1: beautiful and, and artistic writing <laughs> that Leslie McFarland is pulling out to describe these two boys assaulting one another yeah. in the name of a laugh.
0: And i got to say, I'm upset with the chapter name because this chapter is chapter two, quick thinking. And it should be chapter two, the boys beat the bejesus out of each other with <laughs> sticks. And <laughs> think it's I funny.
1: Mean, but it, yeah. So if this is a staple of the series of these original books, <laughs> where these prank chapters get written out um, in the rewrites, I'm excited to see the progression of Chet's pranks as the series goes on, because I've imagined the next book is like, Chet laughed as he fired rounds from (laughs) his revolver toward the floor near Jerry's feet. Dance! Dance, (laughs) Chet Chet cooed at the boy. And then we're going (laughs) to... It's going to progress where book 12 is like, Chet Chet good naturedly stabbed Tony <laughs> Brito in the thigh.
0: This <laughs> is like Chet is slowly turning into Ted Bundy, essentially. Oh, he's yeah. just gonna walk in and he's not making Welsh rabbit anymore. He's just skinning the rabbits. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. Oh Chet, you're cooking? Nope. Chet, Chet playfully dumped the bucket of rabbits blood <laughs> down up on the unsuspecting chums. Oh, oh they laughed. <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: it is awful. Poor oh, shit. So, the rest of the- Do you, Have you ever
1: seen what the playgrounds look like in, like, 1930? Yeah. We looked at them, I think, once we were screen sharing, and they were, like, yeah. 90 feet high. <laughs> just they're, they're made out of just hot metal. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh good stuff. Oh, God. Good so, stuff.
0: You know, different time. Maybe this was pranks back then. It's Darwinism Playgrounds, I think It's Darwinism called. Playgrounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. Chet's not going to survive because he's not the fittest. So, thank you. It's, it's good.
1: Thank you. It's yeah, good. I was proud of it. Uh, so, they, after all that, boys pack up to leave. They head out, and the Hardy boys are like, hey, Tony, you want to go see these boys off? We'll just ride our boats out into the bay with them just to say goodbye. So, they go out. Big storm. Oh, yeah. Big storm. Yeah,
0: one of the worst they've seen.
1: Oh, man big storm Hardy's have to turn back. They've got Iola and Callie Shaw in the boat with them and we start to see this a couple times um uh, looks like a bad storm um braving the storm uh we'll be lucky if we make it he muttered to himself then to reassure the others he turned and grinned. We'll make it all right he shouted, the wind whisking away the words. There's several times where then so they don't see Biff and Chet turn back in the storm and then they never see Biff and Chet again they're for the next gone. few days. Like yeah. the chums are missing. No idea what happened this to them. The storm is the turning point. Yeah. But so often, like then the Hardies are over at the the Morton farm and they're like, Oh, I'm sure they'll turn up. a dozen things could have happened. Maybe they just haven't written yet because, you know, they got there too late and the post office was closed. Yeah, and then, like next paragraph, like Frank turns away and says to Joe, "I've got a bad <laughs> feeling they're <laughs> dead. I'm pretty sure they're dead, Joe.
0: Yeah, and I just imagined he turns and it's actually just Iola there, and he realized he was talking to the wrong person. Whoops.
1: Whoopsie! <laughs> kidding, haha, <laughs> kidding, totally kidding. That
0: is amazing though, because that's pretty verbatim of yeah. He's like, they're gonna be fine,
1: and it's nope. I got it. We'll be about back this. tomorrow. I'm sure you will hear from him by then. Frank said reassuringly. And then, in a low voice, <laughs> when they were out of hearing, Frank remarked in a low voice, "I don't like the looks of this at all. I'm beginning to think that something has happened." <laughs> okay. So. Chums go missing. Actually, this is a good time. We should take a break. Commercial break. Commercial break. Message from our sponsors. Yep. And we'll be back with that. The boys took a break. Bam. And we're back. And we are back. Just like that. What an amazing ad that was. Tat, tat, tat. tat. So uh, when we last left them, the boys were uh, missing. The chums were missing. The chums are missing. Hardy's. they decide we're going to go look for these guys, and they go up the coast. They go up north. And they don't hear anything. They find the wreckage of a the boat. They can't yeah. determine what it it's is. It's a
0: dangerous reef, too, that they're at. And they yeah. think that Man, maybe Ragged they crashed reef, I think it's called. It's something like that, yeah. yeah. It's got a, a sweet little name, a yeah. dangerous name.
1: Uh, they don't find anything. They're gone for a couple of days. They went with the other boys. Don't find anything. They go back home. Then, once they get back home, Phil is like, hey, maybe we should go to, to Black Snake Island. I think the boys said they wanted to go to Black Snake Island. And they're like, why didn't you say this before? <laughs> it's been three days,
0: Black Snake Island.
1: Black Snake Island is south of Bayport. Yeah. And we just went on a three-day <laughs> excursion north. And then you were like, oh, yeah, I remember they said they were going south. Yeah. So they decide they're going to pack up, and they're going to go look at Bla- Black Snake Island. Yeah. Before they get to Black Snake Island, we get a similar scene that we got in the rewrite where there's a schooner tied up, and they think they see Chet. Yep And so they climb on board Have a skirmish Have to jump in the water and sneak away Wasn't chat.
0: No, it's just some kid Same build and he's peeling potatoes Yeah,
1: he's he's the, the cabin boy
0: He's the cabin boy, yeah It's Chris, he's like Chris Elliot. Elliott Yeah He's
1: the <laughs> cabin's boy That is a scene that they were like This is good <laughs> This is good Let's leave this one alone Maybe if we can add a uh, Yokohama radio to it we can punch it up a <laughs> little bit, but as it stands, it's perfect jacket. Yeah, perfect chapter, it's leave it It's pretty
0: nail biting. This is the boys mistake another boy for being a different boy. It's not have, that point at all.
1: I have to imagine that the the Stratemeyer Syndicate, whoever's running this thing, the publishers, like he used to be a cabin boy, and he's like, oh, we got to leave cabin boy scene in. <laughs> so good. So I was a cabin boy. I cut pota- I cut potatoes. That's what I did. Yeah, I, I did. I, started, I actually cut look them. Look at
0: my hands. See all the, the cut marks? Yeah, all that from potatoes.
1: Mark? See how my hands have uh, potato growlers. <laughs>
0: his fingers are potatoes. <laughs> so it's just like, weirdly skinned. I He's cut off my thumb and replaced it with too, a fingerling <laughs> potato. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every
1: few days I recarve a potato thumb. Yeah, leave the chapter. Yeah. Leave the chapter. It's good. He got an
0: open heart surgery and they replaced his heart with a potato. Sir, yeah. you're going to explode in five seconds.
1: Um, so they, uh, they're they going to check out Black Snake Island, named yep. such because it's full of black snakes. Big ones, too. Five feet long. That got replaced in the rewrite with Hermit Island. Yeah. Which had a hermit on it. Yeah. <laughs> which was a man and not the crab.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Nor was it Kermit, a frog. No, it was not Kermit the Hermit Frog.
1: Kermit the Hermit <laughs> Kermit the Hermit Frog.
0: I uh, thought of today, I don't know why I was laughing, but Kermit the Frog just warming up. <laughs> i just thought it would be so funny like if it was a singer you know people were like me, me 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 but just like me 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 i can't do a good kermit the frog but it's something like ah, ah.
1: dude this is good save I this us for the accent good. workshop it was a great skit kermit accent yeah kermit the frog here it's good and a teacher
0: named phil Hausman. He, he was our band teacher and on the first day of school he's like hello everyone my name is uh Mr. Hausman uh, and uh, I am fully aware that I sound like Kermit the Frog, and it was pretty hysterical.
1: We had uh, Mr. Arnold
0: and Mr. Sharpio. We had the same teacher, I
1: believe. Well, when we Mr. Sharpio was band teacher, yeah, Mr. Arnold was a counselor. Ah. Uh, and Mr. Arnold sounded like Kermit the Frog. Oh, my God. But he never admitted it. <laughs> <laughs> we just, and and what a, Listen, what a bond he could have it. had with us <laughs> if he had just been like, I know, <laughs> I know. But instead he was just like, <laughs> yes, my wife's name is Piggy, but think nothing <laughs> of it. <laughs> <That's> Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> i'm crossing the streams
0: <laughs> never cross the streams uh, i want to save
1: that. some of black snake island and the snake scenes yeah yeah for episode <laughs> three because it, scene. it is intense and violent real quick <laughs> yes sir it does uh but yeah other than that then they go to the island and boys are kept in a cave they have to hear, they, they break the boys out of the cave, then they get captured and everyone gets put in the cave, then they get broken, then they break themselves out of the cave one more time. Yep, classic sleeping guard situation again. Oh, yeah. Yep. That, that they kept, they were
0: like, this yep. is good.
1: Who came <laughs> up with this? Who came up with get, they get this? They were sleeping. He's sleeping. And, and then escaped. How is was, how was he going to get past the guard? Wait for it.
0: Sleeping. How do, Okay, here's the question though <laughs> How do you know he's sleeping when he has his back towards you?
1: Okay, hmm. okay. Is Two it, solutions.
0: Is, is it bright enough to see him? <sighs> the fire is actually dim. Okay. Oh, oh, mm. oh, If the fire is dim, he's probably sleeping. Because you're going to be burning logs to keep warm. This is yes, night. Yeah, you're
1: going to fend off the morning chill. Yeah. As well, is he snoring? Well, of course he's snoring. Everyone is snoring. Every- you're sleeping at, on a rock. At all times. Even
0: this, this character, even when he's not sleeping, he's snoring. So he's got the sleep apnea while awake. He's got <laughs> awoken apnea.
1: <laughs> he's got Frank CPAP. <laughs> they, uh, they, they. So after after Tony and or after uh, Biff and Chet get freed by Frank and Joe the first time. Yep. They're running away. They all get captured. They all get chained up inside the inner chamber of the cave. And there was a line in there of like, they're trying to sleep and they're just laying on the rocks. The capture the captures. Who had been firing revolvers at them, and we'll get into we'll all get that. We'll get into it, yeah. But it's written like, and they didn't even give them a blanket. <laughs> like, yeah, of course not. They're fine killing you. <laughs> They're not over them. so like, guys, we, got, we should we'll give them one blanket at least yeah. to share. One of the
0: lines, too, is like, well, three more days of them tied to that rock. And they even say, like, when they see Chet and Biff... They're skin and bones. Like, they're not being fed.
1: Oh, yeah. They were trying to starve them Yeah, uh, to to get get them to admit
0: that they're the Hardy Boys.
1: Yeah, which they weren't.
0: Which they're not, yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then they're they're sprinting, and Frank and Joe are, uh, as they're escaping, Biff and Chet fall behind and get recaptured. And Frank and Joe are oblivious to the fact that, oh, these guys that have not eaten in a week... They, they were gone for three days before you went looking for them. Then yeah. you spent three days looking north of Bayport, didn't find them. Now you're on day two of being on this island. You've already slept there once. The boys have not eaten in that time. Maybe don't make them sprint and just assume they're behind you running through the brambles. Yeah. But, uh, but these keen children did not, uh, did not see that. As they don't. Um, but then they bust out one more time. Once again, Biff and Chet get captured, but the Hardy Boys this time make it out, and they had made a pact this time, and this was smart. This is the only smart thing they've ever done. What so, is it? I put down my microphone to indicate that oh, you okay, should Oh, get- okay, yeah.
0: Well, from my recollection, Joe actually does get caught. Joe is caught. It's Frank, who alone says, I'm not going to go back and get Chet. I'm
1: going to hide out. That's I'm going to stay hidden. Or was that the first time? That's the first time. That was the and first time. And then they time. capture them all. The second time, they, they announce to each other, like, hey, if any of us get captured or we see them coming, we got to separate. We got to split up. Because okay, so that, if okay. any okay. of us can make it to the boat and get off this island, that's the only chance we've got. Yeah. If you try to come back and rescue one of us, then we're, we're all going to get captured and they're going to be even meaner to us. Yeah. Not only no blanket, but they're probably also gonna like throw rocks at us. I
0: was gonna say they're gonna take the rock away. Now you gotta just sleep on the ground, just floating,
1: suspended. Yeah, Joe's gonna fall into space. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Classic
1: what, is that a Joe's. wormhole? What is that? No ground for Joe to put his ear to. It's torture. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's coming.
0: <laughs> on the entire like island, the Snake Island, they have an anti gravity chamber just sucking out all the air. It's just that vacuum room where they do the <laughs> test where they drop the bowling ball and the feather. Or the uh, the,
1: uh, the, indoor skydiving. You're just like <laughs> on the fan, just circling around. The, Try sleeping in the there, boy. <laughs> no.
0: Whoa.
1: <laughs> this is so great.
0: Yeah, it sounded like a cricket this time, like a, uh,
1: a mechanical cricket. It sounds like someone is, they were beating something into a bucket. Now they're drilling into a hollow plastic bucket.
0: That's a good idea. He's got to modify this bucket.
1: Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have any holes in it. He's <laughs> shooting a flex tape commercial. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> the the boys, though, Frank and Joe get to the boat. They make it out before the, the captors get them, but the captors do get
0: Biff uh, and, Biff Chet. and
1: Chet. Yep. Then the boys are like, hey, if we can make it down the beach to where the, the villains have their boats... We can steal their boats, and then they'll be stuck on the island. We'll be in control, and they they can't chase us. Yep. So they make it down the coast of this Black Snake Island, steal the boats. They're on their way back. Who do they run into? Tony Prito. Tony Prito.
0: Tony Prito. But they're not sure at first. They see the Napoli, and they're like, I know it's the Napoli.
1: I'm not sure if it's Tony driving it. Did you watch Nathan for You? Yes, I did. So the episode The Hunk, where he does the reality dating show to make women compete for him, (laughs)
0: I don't remember this They rent
1: a mansion, and he fakes this reality show where the girls are all competing to be his girlfriend. Oh, But the host of the show, they get this guy named Anthony Napoli, Tony Napoli. Oh. And Anthony Napoli is an amazing character in Nathan for You, uh, who's playing himself. He does not know that it is what it is. Um, But it's Tony Napoli. (laughs) And every time we talk about Tony Preeto and the Napoli, I keep thinking... I'm Anthony Napoli.
0: (laughs) I got to rewatch these. It's been a long time since I've seen Nathan for you. Given, I don't think I've seen all of it. I watched it on TV and I just caught random
1: episodes. Oh, David. I know. We've talked about it. I'll watch it. The final two episodes of the series, I think, are the most, some of the most brilliant television that's ever been made. Oh, I believe it. He's a funny dude. It's art. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's called Finding Francis, part one, part two
0: Ooh, I do love a good two-parter ending It's so great Especially for a show like that
1: Yeah Yeah Yeah. They, They go deep I can't wait Yeah But boys run into Tony and the Napoli, Anthony Napoli And they're like, hey, you take these boats that we stole And you just go around the island, you make sure that no one escapes Yeah We're gonna go get help from revenue officers Yep apparently. <laughs> uh and that's exactly what happens. So Tony circles. He sees Biff and Chet get captured because they hadn't actually been captured yet. Yeah. Um we we do that flashback to like, oh, this is what's happening, even though we know where Frank and Joe went. Now we're with Biff and Chet seeing their side of things. Uh and then so the boys come back with the United States Revenue Officers. Yeah. Uh <laughs> on a revenue cutter. And uh, with a bunch of guns,
0: you're darn right. They, they got s- they rifles. The they island. got revolvers. They got them all. Yeah,
1: and oh, and we will get to that and we how will that definitely plays get out. To that. But so that's how the story ends. So they they rescue Biff and Chet again. The the prisoners give him up. Turns out prisoners had been saying that they had kidnapped Fenton Hardy in Chicago. Yeah, Fenton Hardy. Total lie. Yeah, they get boys get home after this whole endeavor. Fenton Hardy not kidnapped. He's sitting in the study. They go talk to him and he explains oh i used myself as bait i had told this other detective hey i'm gonna let him capture me you find out where they take me and then booyah bring the house down booyah and And he
0: did bring it down end of story yeah
1: that's the whole that's the book
0: that is the book yeah so very minimal there's not a lot going on yeah at all
1: the only real storyline we don't really see any of fenton the only real storyline is the boys go missing and then i can't i can't think I can't think with that bucket. Uh, that's fantastic. Just
0: imagine it's a woodpecker, just add in bird noises throughout the whole episode.
1: Why is someone hammering <laughs> a plastic bucket?
0: He was having a problem with his bike. I saw him when I came in. Different guy. Oh, that's a different guy? That's
1: yeah, two houses over. Okay. And his I bike, this bike. guy oh, was just I hope really smoking bike that bike. <laughs> no, his his bi- <laughs> best way to fix a bike is to hammer it. I just gotta beat it. Yeah, it's like a television. Problem is this one doesn't Smack have it. enough dents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm making wanna, it aerodynamical. which you You got do. a new bike there? I'll help
1: you put dents in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's a good bike. This is a good
0: fake infomercial. We should make <laughs> Denton <laughs> Hardy. <Bike
1: Dance>. <laughs> <laughs> hardly Denton. <laughs> hardly Denton. <good. sighs> um, but yeah, th- this book. This book's <laughs> <laughs> hardly Denton. <laughs> That's
0: amazing. Take time and just appreciate that joke.
1: Hardly done.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm hardly done. Hey, you beat the hell up with it. No, I'm hardly done. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the key is to do it subtly and to take about 45 minutes to hit it in your backyard.
0: Oh, that oh. tickles me. <laughs> bike fixer.
1: So so this book, Boyski Captured. And then the boys just hunt him down. And they spend... Most of the book is on Black Snake Island. Yeah. Capturing, fighting light. around and stuff. As compared to the rewrite, where first thing that happens is the boys get assigned by the chief of police to scope out Shantytown. Shantytown. Yeah. To find out something's going on in Shantytown. We need you 16-year-olds to, <laughs> to dress up like vagrants. Like bums. And yeah. try to try to get the scoop on Shantytown. They run into Alf, Alf Lundgren. We have Alf, yeah. Good Dolph Lundgren himself. <laughs> Like, that whole thing, <laughs> fabrication. And I think just muddies the waters. I did, too. It was too much. It's too convoluted. This book was to the point, and because there were so many less just characters and storylines, you didn't have Mr. French, you didn't have Ben Stark, you didn't go you know, and... You this
0: party, this whole costume party. That they were like- <laughs> yeah, he's hardly <laughs> Denton. <laughs> <laughs> I love this <laughs> So much. Like, folks, <laughs> this is why you don't do outdoor <laughs> weddings, by the <laughs> way. This is exactly <laughs> what happens when you're saying your vows. <laughs>
1: do you take the? T- 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, but with with Ben Stark and his, his brother and all the stuff from the the new book, there's just no time to sit in any of these scenes for very long. No, save for the cabin boy scene. Yeah, but the there's a great scene the fact that we got to sit so long made for much better chapters i feel like in this original where there was tension we got to sit with the boys in the weeds and wait yeah we got to wait as they watched this these people come and have a campfire and try to figure out who they are listen to their conversation like the pacing much slower but because of that the tension was high like it's a higher octane thing rather it's like telling a good ghost story instead of reciting a dream to somebody of like oh and then this happened and then i was over here and then oh do you remember this person well they were there too and then i didn't know what to do so like that's how the rewrite feels to me yeah it's so scatterbrained so vague that's a good way to put it this is taken one one story arc it's a to b Just diving in yeah that's nothing i would say i would say the b line is gertrude
0: yeah gertrude and laura
1: gertrude and laura yeah and the girls gonna, and and even Callie and iola a little oh bit.
0: there's a yeah there's a which i gotta say like all of them are, are written like they're crazy people
1: mm-hmm. yeah and we're gonna get to that next week Ooh, do you have anything else story-wise that you want to compare here and there
0: i mean there's really not much to compare it's a totally different book yeah I mean, it's just we're
1: following one storyline. There's no cops in this one. Yep. There's only United States uh, revenue, revenue officers. Revenue officers, yeah. Which I didn't know was a thing. It sounds like the untouchables. <laughs> I'm a treasury officer. <laughs> Who would say that they are that that is not? Oh, that's a pretty good Connery. You got to sign up for this accent course. Yeah, you do. I you teach get my Kermit, Connery.
0: You get Kermit Connery. Can you do a Kermit Conry?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's... Uh, 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 no, I can't. I can't do a Kermit Connery. Ah, welcome. Welcome to the rock.
0: That's not, I think it's it's strictly within Connery noises. Connery does things like, ah. So do that like Kermit.
1: Nah. <laughs> there you go. You got a Kermit Connery going on now. So you can check out Hardy and Sons or Hardy and dentist. I made the investment. You did.
0: And the best thing is, you sent a screenshot of buying it and you found a discount a discount code.
1: Yo, yeah, that's honey, baby.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that was honey that did it.
1: Joinhoney.com?
0: Joinhoney.com. Is it joinhoney.com or is it honey.com?
1: Uh the website is joinhoney.com. Okay, cuz honey.com might be to the movie honey. The dance Maybe. movie. Or it could be something we don't want to talk about.
0: Oh, like someone's wife.
1: No, like I was f- going to say like the f- the, the food. Yeah, the food.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's gross. Raw honey. Sticky. Yeah. No one likes that. No, no. one likes raw honey. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a lovely day. It is a lovely day. It's, it's a lovely day to hammer a bucket. It's 79
1: degrees right now. It's 79? 79 right now. doesn't feel over 68. Yeah, it's a cool. We're in the shade. Yeah. We got this fan. It, it feels lovely circulating the air so that we don't kill each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, not sweating either. That makes me feel good.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a happy guy. This is yeah, good. I'm a
0: happy camper too. Got all these birds.
1: Yeah, I've got bird feeders back there and a bird bath, and I I've got you see this this metal bucket here. Yeah, I did. My squirrel beat it? proof. Uh, oh, I should drill a bunch of holes <laughs> in it. That's my squirrel proof bird seed holder.
0: Can you take this out? Put it around your torn down limb as if it was a piñata and start taking a bat to it and make eye contact with your neighbor. <laughs> and just smile the whole I'm gonna time. I'm going to wait
1: till he's on a phone call, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of it being are filled with candy, phone? it's filled with more buckets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that are somehow even hollower. <laughs> oh. Can I share something with you completely off topic? Yeah, of course. That bothered me. I'm looking at this microphone. I was just talking to you off off axis a little bit. Yeah. It still sounds fine, I'm sure. I made a video all about how shotgun microphones work and why they're not a good choice a lot of the time. Yeah. And someone commented on this, this long comment of like, hey, long Ooh. and short of it is use a shotgun microphone. Just get a Sennheiser 416. And anyone who tells you otherwise it's nonsense. After I just made this whole video explaining why that's not true, yeah. Talking about where shotgun microphones are great, yeah. But I don't want to comment back like, "Oh, you don't know anything." <laughs> I don't want to delete his comment, but I yeah. also don't want someone to watch the video, see his comment, to be like, "Oh," and yeah, you lose I'll just your validation. Get a microphone. Well, not even that, but that someone would buy the wrong microphone because shotgun microphones aren't great for a lot of things. And he says, if yeah. you're doing voiceover for a book, you should absolutely use a shotgun microphone. Like, absolutely not. If you're doing voiceover for a that's book? That's what he said. If you're doing voiceover or an audio book, that's always use a shotgun microphone for that. Yeah, if your neck is broken, <laughs> you got a cast where you can't rotate. Not even that. Like, a book is a place where... Uh, the reason you use a shotgun microphone is so you don't see it. Yeah. It's it it's a directional microphone. If you're recording a book or voiceover, you can put a microphone in front of your mouth like any vocal microphone or like these dynamic microphones that we're holding. Yeah. Shotgun is, 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 I don't know, it bothered me and I didn't know how to respond. I don't want to get into it with him. Educate him, Sean. Just take everything that
0: you said in the video, just get a transcript for it (laughs) and reply with that comment. Make
1: it the longest comment ever. Actually, here, I'm just going to say this. He says... If you're filming anything in a Hollywood sitcom on a sound stage like all that you should be using a microphone a shotgun microphone and if anyone tells you that sound bouncing off the walls changes everything it's nonsense. Um it's not nonsense, but I will say if you're on a sound stage sure use a shotgun microphone because it's it's a sound stage. Yeah. You're soundproof. You've gotten rid of your echo and your reverb. That's where a shotgun microphone struggles. So yeah, if you're a Hollywood sound mixer, uh go ahead. Yeah use that shotgun microphone, but you're also probably not looking on YouTube for tips on how to mic something. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. So if you're recording anything in an echoey room, in your office, in your home, anyone who's on a YouTube channel, like shotgun microphone's probably not great if you're not in a sound stage. So use a better microphone, like a short shotgun or a, a pencil condenser, an indoor dialogue microphone. And if you're recording an audiobook, get a vocal microphone, like a sure SM or SM... 7b uh or audio technica at 2020 something like this and newman something uh Newtrix, excuse me and that's going to be the best sound recorders are going to have multiple microphones for multiple situations there's I a reason I agree. Yeah, you there's know a reason more that audio recorders do. don't bring a single shotgun microphone and that's the only thing they buy forever yeah you got different tools for different jobs now that i've said that i can just comment back on youtube check out this link I talk about this and I can include a link to this whole episode and he will have to listen until the very end of the episode (laughs) to get that answer. (laughs) And I I feel like I said, I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to call anybody out, but I don't want someone to be misinformed or misled. Yeah. I feel like this is, I have shared that now and I feel good about how I've handled this. This
0: was very mature of you. Thank you. He could hear the sincerity in your voice. It's not just a bland comment. He understands your personality too. He knows your 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 impersonations. He can hear your Kermit, you know, Connery. He mm-hmm. listens to a great episode of a book review of a book he's never going to read. I mean, or she, or she. I'm not saying Thank you. You. who reported this comment. Okay, Thank I'm you. not saying it. <laughs>
1: uh, so yeah, I do like that though. I think that's awesome. Hey, you should just check out this. I'm gonna it's start doing so that. D- to comments that that give me pause, I'm gonna just have an epilogue in our episodes, <laughs> and then I can just be like, actually, I addressed that here I at this link. I am gonna
0: start spamming your YouTube channel. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so I shouldn't good. have said it. This is just a, this is an easy win for me. Uh, you got anything else for this episode? I got nothing. Who's rhyming?
1: Do we do rhymes in the comparisons? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we, we do, do
0: for book two. Beat me to it.
1: <laughs> Beat me to it. It's not book two right though. It's it.
0: chapter two. It's part two. part two. Part two. Part two. Do we do ending rhymes for book two when we get to part two? Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that count joint rhyme. <laughs>